Great news, my cruciferous cousins. Plant Strong Foods is hosting a March Madness Meals and Minutes sale. Visit plantstrong.com and save up to 30% on every one of our ready-to-eat chilies and stews. It is the perfect time to stock up on these heat-and-eat tasty meal solutions. Having a stash in your pantry means you're never more than 90 seconds away from a satisfying meal. The sale runs through March 17th while supplies last. Visit plantstrong.com today. In the firehouse, especially in New York City, the kitchen and, and, and cooking is probably the biggest part of firehouse culture. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not eating what the guys are eating, it's just kind of, you know, it just has a negative connotation to it among the guys. And, you know, um, trying to adapt that. And then, you know, if they make something and I have to bring in my own or modify it, it becomes a little, a little, a little stressful, a little, a little tense. Yeah. So at firehouses, we love to share meals with each other. It's very familial. Uh, that's where a lot of the, the, the bonds are really forged in the kitchen and uh, on the fire scene. In Austin, Texas, the shared meal is called a wagon. And it's like, hey, are you in on the wagon or not? Back when we went plant strong at fire station two, we were, it was a plant strong wagon. And that was one of the beautiful things about it is that we would trade off who would shop uh, for that night's dinner, lunch, breakfast, and then to make it easy, the preparation, you know the saying, many hands make for light work. We would all dive in, we'd chop, we'd cut, we'd prep, and we'd make this amazing dinner. We would have a contest to see who could make the best, fantastic dinner uh, at the most economical price. Um, we got it down to, you know, for 12 bucks, we could feed five firefighters with leftovers uh, and, and make a sensational meal. So the, one of the issues that, that Joe is having at, at his firehouse is that he is a standalone plant strong guy. So he can't do a, a wagon with the other four guys at the station. So he's kind of the, the odd man standing. So we got to get a quorum and then we can get these guys to have a shared, uh, a shared plant strong wagon. One of the things that I found in my firehouse is guys tend to be a little open to it. Um, I tell them, pick up whatever you want. I'll pull my vegetables aside. I'll cook them the way I want. You know, when I pick up a meal for those guys, I cook what they want. I don't cook what I want, you know, or if they decide they want steak, I'll make my meal as the two sides and they'll eat my food as the sides and they'll eat their steak with it so i'm kind of compromising in that aspect you know what i mean um if sometimes they they pick up a meal that i can't have i try and make sure i prep or bring stuff with me so that i can i can try and succeed this time around so you bring, so. You bring your own food and then you're also paying them the 15 bucks to yeah whatever to, the meal costs sure. last yeah. night i had my own food with me they made a beef stew and they put it over brown rice. I said, just don't put oil in the brown rice. I'll have the brown rice. But I paid uh, $14 last night right. just to have the brown rice. <laughs> and I put what I brought in yeah. 
on the top of it. So then I paid for whatever and it they, cost me and, to prep. And they had no problem taking your 14 bucks. They had for no problem rice. with it. Um, no qualms. They were like, oh, man, I joke. Nah, just give us two bucks. The thing is, like, if if I try and, you know, I've been to work where the guys are like, no, you didn't even eat it. Like, all you ate was the brown rice. So don't worry about it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to pay you right now. And then the next time I come into work, everybody's going to be like, oh, you know, you're, you're not eating. You're not paying. You know, yeah. No, it's, it's easier. Let me just give you the fourteen dollars, and it saves me the aggravation, you know, of words starting to spread. Yeah, fourteen dollars is a small price to pay for my health. I completely agree. I'm Rip Esselstyn. I am the founder of Engine Two, and I am going to be working with Joe Inga. He's an amazing firefighter, father. He's just a really amazing human being, and we're gonna go on an amazing journey and witness Joe transform before our very eyes from somebody whose health has spiraled out of control to somebody that is gonna take back his health. And what I've done in order to take Joe on this journey is I've marshaled together some of the most amazing doctors, inspirational leaders to help work with Joe and possibly yourself. Listen in as Joe is absolutely transformed from a couch potato to a veritable sweet potato triathlete in less than six months. Episode after episode, Joe gains momentum and confidence and all the tools and tricks to what it means to become a plant strong man. I can't wait to have you listen in on this journey. Welcome to plant strong. So here's the ironic thing. On the surface, these firefighters think, oh my gosh, plant-based, plant strong. I mean, I'm going to be eating a bunch of twigs and berries. This is like excruciating. But the reality is, and what we did at Fire Station 2, is we just took firehouse favorites like burgers and fajitas and pizza and we just plant strongified them and so it's easy to make a black bean brown rice jalapeno burger with all the fixings it's fantastic to make a cheeseless whole grain pizza crust with all the amazing veggie toppings you want from sun-dried tomatoes grilled corn uh, sauteed onions portobello mushrooms and and the like you can do that on and on and on with with everything um so it's easy to make plant strong meals delicious firefighter friendly and i learned from the master and that's my mom going back to 1984 she is like my mom is in her mid 80s she is like the energizer bunny she does not stop no joke she is on zero medications she is vibrant she's alert she is mentally uh, absolutely as sharp as attack and every day she's doing something some sort of movement for at least an hour whether it's a crossfit class um, at the y whether it's going for a swim whether it's going cross-country skiing um, at the metro parks uh, going for a jog she gets after it like nobody's business she is I mean I, I would I want to be like my mom when I'm in my 80s that's what I aspire to 
We're in Cleveland around the Lazy Susan table at the house where I grew up, uh, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm here with my amazing force of nature, Mother Anne Cryle Esselstyn. I love, love that you're, you're here on the, uh, on the podcast. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Rip. <laughs> my pleasure. So you have been in lockstep with Daddy since he started this in 1984. You've been by his side. You have been his most, you know, avid supporter. You've been so incredibly loyal. You have come up with all these amazing recipes, many of which are in Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, the follow-up book, the Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease cookbook. You've contributed many recipes to all the Engine 2 books. Yes, indeed. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Especially when you started. I, I know. I know. <laughs> so one of the things that is, to me, I find to be so just charming and enamoring about you is your unbridled enthusiasm. And you, I could come home, like I was home a couple weeks ago, and you said, Rip, you have to try these fava beans. I, I've never had a fava bean in my life, right? I mean, I, I was it Anthony Hopkins goes, you know, fava beans, right? And that, um, what is it? Silence of the Lambs. So what are you most excited about? Or Right now, right fava now? beans, because <laughs> sometimes they can be like a foot long. And what's crazy is that there are little beans in them, but you can eat the whole pod. So you just put this big, long green thing that's kind of like a skinny green corn cob, corn on the cob, and just cook it up, and, and you can eat it all. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And my other new thing yeah. is um, Jerusalem artichokes. And you just slice them up and bake them. Now, every other time I burn them, but I even have gotten to like them burned. And it's just when you find something new that's good, it is so exciting. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I mean, I must say we are in a rut of loving rice and beans with all, I mean, uh, the easiest meal for anybody who's starting out, don't get fancy. Cook your rice. Find a way to do that. A rice cooker's great. Get a can of beans, rinse them under hot water. They go on top of the rice and then just rinse some frozen corn. That goes on top. Chop some tomatoes and uh, some mango. And uh, it's, it's delicious. And if you're not worried about heart disease, have some guacamole or have some salsa. It's mm-hmm. such a simple, quick meal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's our favorite. What I like now is so different than what I used to like. And I think what so can you give me an, like. So can you give me an example of something that you used to like that now you can't stand and now something that you like well, that you may Well, you know, I like. grew up thinking that like vinegar was something you put, made Easter eggs with. Right. And now it's something that is my go-to on anything that doesn't that needs a little more taste. But also, I've lost my interest in taste and salt. I can't eat salty things at all. I mean, I love all the leafy greens. I didn't grow up eating all that. We did not even know about the existence of mangoes until our youngest son Zeb came back from a uh, after he graduated from college, he went around the world and he came back and introduced us to mangoes. And ever since, mango is the the thing that makes a meal good. 
Absolutely. This is a common occurrence. As you get used to a, a plant-strong diet, Joe noticed it too. Uh, for example, when I was growing up, the only vegetables that I liked, and this is no joke, were, were peas and corn, period. That was it. And now I love green leafy vegetables. I love certain types of mushrooms. Uh, I love bell peppers. I love squash. Um, I really just don't like uh, eggplant. But otherwise, it's amazing how your taste buds, they change. They become more sophisticated. And now you you go to crave these nutrient powerhouse foods. One of the meals I made the other day that uh, I made at home, I made a big batch of it, is uh, like a stovetop mac and cheese that was mm -hmm. made with... Um, it was made with potatoes, nutritional yeast, carrots, onions, garlic, nice. and you kind of blend it all together and you pour that over like a whole wheat pasta and it was unbelievable. And my wife, she liked it, but she's like, I wouldn't crave it. And I said, well, the difference is my palate is changing yeah. and yours isn't. So you're still, you still love your cheese. I'm starting to get used to this. I'm starting to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. So it's different. And, um, you know, that was getting started. That's one of the hard things, too, is like, you know, we were just saying broccoli and quinoa and all this yeah. other stuff. And a lot of people are probably, you know, oh, I, I don't like that. <laughs> and I know guys in the firehouse the same way. Like, ah, vegetables, like green stuff, like, no, I'm good. You know, meat and potatoes, whatever. So, like, people don't realize. But when you mix these flavors together or when you get on this diet, it takes it takes a, at least a week. I want to say at least a week before you really start to taste and enjoy it. But once your palate starts to change, like mm -hmm. they made yesterday for lunch, they made my hands down favorite meal in the firehouse. What's that? And it's it's pasta, but it's got sausage and broccoli rob mixed in with a chicken broth. And my favorite meal in the firehouse. Yeah. And they were like, oh, look, sausage, you know, kind of taunting me with it. I honestly had no desire to even try it or oh, maybe I'll just take it. I had no desire for that. I just know how I've been feeling and how things have been going. And I'm not, not willing to give good, it up. Yeah, you know, good, good for you. Here's the thing. To get to that point, you need to set yourself up for success. And that starts with what tools you have in your kitchen. If you had to come up with five kitchen essentials that every kitchen needs to have in order to make this plant-based lifestyle easier and run smoother what would those five things be there are lots of fancy things that people love but if if you're just starting out and you don't want to spend money i would say um, one of the things that i really like is this it's t-e-v-o-l-o -O, and it's this like little spatula thing and i don't use any other thing to stir it's the only, it's the tool I use. Now, that is one thing that to me is essential. I also think that it is helpful to have a rice cooker, not necessary. You can cook rice or any of the grains just in a pan. Uh, one thing that is nice to have is a good wok. And I happen to, it was a Christmas present from my husband and it, 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 they're expensive but it's a really good wok so I can burn things and it doesn't wreck the pan because I burn everything. But I love cooking all my greens in this wok. Mm. And so the greens, uh, 
are great cooked in that. For mm. anybody starting, mm. I would say find some kind of food processor right. because that is uh, uh, vital. Yeah. One of the things we use the Vita Vitamix for is I love putting oats in there, making oat flour in the span of 30 seconds, and then yeah. using that for, for pancakes, yeah. waffles. And, and, and Jane does that, but yep. I just buy the oat flour. No, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. So I want to go through some fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans, and I want you to add, to pick your favorite. All right, just try it. So fruit. What's your favorite fruit? Raspberries. Raspberries. Love ra- okay. and blueberries. <gasps> my latest thing. Oh, my God, I forgot to tell you my latest favorite thing. I knew there'd be something. Frozen cherries. They are so sweet. And I have made this sort of pie-like thing where I put frozen blueberries, frozen cherries in, and then put kind of a little um, a little bit of oat flour <clears throat> made from the bag and vanilla and oat milk and a little in a little vanilla and put a sort of a bit of that on the top and bake and bake this and it's this absolutely amazing kind of dessert with a little um, well I love to have on it some uh, tofu that I've put little maple syrup and lime in or lemon and put those two together. It's mm. great dessert. Mm. But mm. the cherries are my latest favorite thing. And even when you finished a meal and you want something sweet, just get a few of those cherries, even plain frozen, or else sort of thaw them and eat them. Mm. Um, they're they're wonderful. Now I become a big fan of the the dark cherries. The dark, yeah. The dark, frozen dark cherries, and I put them in my cereal bowl oh, I bet that's good. in the morning, and they're heavenly. So <clears throat> dark oh, yeah. che- raspberries, dark cherries, of course the mango. Yeah, the mango. You always got to love the mango. What about your favorite potato? What's your favorite type of potato right now? And how often would you say you have potatoes every week? We have sweet potatoes. We have a lot of sweet potatoes in things. Um and my favorite thing is something we had last night when, when you, Rip, came home, is my favorite thing. And this is my special thing for guests, and I'll tell you about it because it is amazing. We loved it. I take Yukon Gold potatoes and bake them, plus one very large Japanese sweet potato. They're white inside, so you, when you mix them with the regular potatoes— it looks like it's just white potatoes, but it's half sweet potatoes. And then along with that, I bake a couple of onions and some garlic, and I put that in my Cuisinart and use that as the liquid for mixing the potatoes up. And then I add some, uh, per potato, about a tablespoon of nutritional yeast and pepper and restuff those the little, that little mixture into the skins. That's my new favorite thing. Is that in any cookbooks? No, I'm saving it. <laughs> I'm only telling you here. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That will be our, our little secret. <laughs> the neat thing is Joe has already discovered some of his favorite recipes and foods, too. What are some of the meals that you've been having? So, for example, what did you have before you came over here this morning? I 
made my own uh, pre-prepared Rips Big Bowl. Um, <laughs> I went out when I started the, the diet. I picked out my different cereals and I pre-mixed them in a Ziploc bag so I can, on the go, I can just grab them and take my almond milk and just have my cereal. Last night, uh, while I was at work, I made the, the frozen banana ice cream with blueberries and strawberries. It was a big hit. Uh-huh. So little by little. Um, big hit meaning they, they also they liked it. it. Yeah, they liked it too. I do a lot of like kind of just stir fry mixed vegetables, but with um, vegetable broth, low sodium vegetable broth, no oil. Fantastic. There was one breakfast that you had to have for the rest of your life. What would it be? And you would not get sick of it. Well, I have gone through all sort of breakfast stages. And I didn't eat breakfast a lot. I did eat breakfast. I ate whatever. And now I just think, I can't believe that people eat a piece of toast or, I mean, I feel that it's so important that what you eat is going to be powerful for you. So I've got a really great breakfast now, and I, and I feel bad if I miss it. Uh, and it's half a cup of steel-cut oats, two tablespoons of shiitake mushrooms, I mean two tablespoons of nutritional yeast, a teaspoon of sh- uh, sriracha hot sauce. It does, you don't even notice it. About a fourth to a half, a half teaspoon of turmeric, which is really a pow- powerful for against inflammation. And then about half a cup of shiitake mushrooms. I buy them already sort of chopped up, and I freeze them. And then I just get a little bit out and put them in. And then this is the best, and that is to put in about two cups of kale chopped, and I strip it and then chop it up, and I cook it for about 10 minutes. And I know most people think you've got to cook steel-cut oats forever, but I don't. And I like my, I like to have, I I don't like oatmeal because it's too mushy, and this I can chew. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's great. It's my best breakfast. To me, you, you have been a fan of this breakfast now, it seems like, for three years. Yeah. And I feel like you, for everybody, I feel you need to find a breakfast you like and then just eat it every day. You do that, Rip. I, I, I yes, do that. and my husband does that. Yeah. And I mean, so it's, I, I think then you're not fooling around with junk and you're, you're just, you're eating what's powerful. Mm-hmm. No, I, I tell people that that breakfast bowl that I have every morning has been really the, the linchpin of my success for 30 something years. Um, and there's no effort. It's just super simple. I love it. Uh, yeah. So do you know if it's in any of the books, either the Engine 2 cookbook or Prevent Reverse Heart Disease cookbook or one of the bo- uh, cookbooks it's, that's it's out there? It's in the Engine 2 cookbook, just as I described it. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. What about lunch? What, what's your go-to favorite lunch? Well, we try. I try and have soup just because it's easy, And but I... Th- I always have at least, say, a head of kale, a whole bunch of Swiss chard in any soup that we eat, and we may add extra. And um, so then we'll, that's kind of what lunch is. Uh What about dinner? Dinner is different all the time. You know, I don't, we don't have, except rice and beans is frequent. Yeah. I'm always trying new things. Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. What advice would you give to people that are out there, they're trying to embrace this lifestyle, and they have a failure of a recipe? When you make something, you tend to like it. I mean, I must say, since I'm not really a chef, 
in doing the first book with, with my husband, I said I would do the recipes, and so then I would think, no, okay, we, you know, we've got to have, say, a carrot cake. Well, I wasn't a baker. So I would make carrot cakes with the ingredients that I thought were good, and it would rise. It would be half an inch high. It would taste okay, but it wouldn't look right. And, but then, you know, we liked it. I mean, because you, you've made it and, and you like it. And then finally I figured, all right, about this carrot cake. I'm going to rename this, and I'm going to call it a carrot cookie cake. So then it's okay that mm. it looks like a cookie, but it's really a cake. And you can just, you just change. Your, your attitude changes, and you've got to try it. You've got to keep trying it, and you're going to be so surprised how you feel, and new things are going to be fine. Is there a certain period of time that you would tell people, to be patient because this is how long it typically takes for your taste buds to change and to where this food is now going to taste delicious? I think a whole lot, and this is really what I've learned, is it depends on the person's attitude. Mm -hmm. If they are going into this because they have a, they're not feeling well and they start to feel better, that helps. Um, if they're fighting it the whole way, they're going to, you know, I'm missing my meat, I'm missing my meat. They're going to miss their meat. But, but attitude is just, is it. You know, in, in the firehouse, it's, it's kind of like high school. So one of the meals that I made a while ago was I made the, the uh, sweet potato lasagna. Yeah. It was my favorite it's a dish. Labor I labor love. I, I love it, though. <laughs> so I made that at the firehouse, but I made that as the side to a bourbon chicken that I made. But the thing that circulated was, you know, Inga made a vegan meal for the guys at the firehouse. No, 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 I made that as the side. You guys had your bourbon chicken. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. And they call you Inga? Yeah, <laughs> everybody goes by last names in, right. in the fire department, right. so. Yeah. You know what, I wanna talk meal planner with you. This week, I've been thinking a fair amount about meals and how the real success of my living, Plant Strong, has always been in planning ahead. At least that's when I'm always typically like on my game. And I've been on my game now for close to 32 years and counting. And the cool thing is that the ideas for meals are they're automatic, but the habits that are ingrained in me and the uh, the arsenal of recipes that my family enjoys are they're rock solid and for people who are new to this lifestyle it can take a lot of effort like no joke and to build these habits and the confidence that sets you up for success this is where the meal planner comes right into play and it's why we built the meal planner because we know if you fail to prepare you're preparing to fail and the meal planner works because it has this AI intelligence where it recommends recipes that are personalized to you and your household. And it's based upon your preferences from the amount of time you wanna spend in the kitchen to any potential allergens you have to uh, your likes, dislikes, and the whole motivation of the meal planner is to inspire you. The recipes can be adjusted to feed your family and then also to provide leftovers, um, which is really smart. And here's the like super cool thing about it is they sync 
with a grocery list. And then the trickiest thing of all, they can be sent home with delivery from one of our partners. So we like that. And we want to make it easy to live your best plant strong life. It's about a buck 90 a week when you sign up for the annual plan. And with this, the code plant strong, you can save $10. So visit engine2.com today and uh, check out the meal planner. Tell us some, some, some quick uh, hacks that you use to incorporate greens into every day. Let me tell you what, the best. Yeah. Get the Engine 2 pizza crust, mm. and then get the Engine 2 pasta sauce, and then buy a whole head of kale, any kind. Strip it, cut it into bite-sized pieces, cook it, mix it with half a jar of the pasta sauce, and then spread that as the first layer on your pizza. Uh. And then you can add anything else you want, whatever your choice. And then after that's all cooked and pulled out of the oven, put salad on top of it and then a sprinkle of balsamic vinegar. And you have something stunning. Mm. Well, Anne, thank you. I love you to the moon and back and uh, look forward to great things in the future. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> My mother's recipes inspired me to make the switch to being plant-based, and many of them are still like mainstays in my diet today. And they've helped Joe too. He's even got some tips of his own for sticking to it and making delicious food. I, I think I've done this a bunch of times, so uh, and I consider myself to be a very good cook. I'm, I'm learning how to cook in a different way now, um, but I love to cook. Um, so. One of the things like going into it this time, I was already a little bit familiar with what to eat, what not to eat and how to cook it. But a lot of my previous times was very simple stuff. It was always uh, my home uh, oatmeal or a homemade ribs, big bowl. And then for breakfast, lunch would be a salad and dinner would be something over some kind of grain. So it'd be like beans and vegetables over a grain. And it was the same thing every day. So it kind of got a little uh, redundant. Um, this time around, you know, I took it upon myself to spend a little extra money getting started. And I went to the store. We have one health food store. It's quite a distance from my house. But I went there and I bought the plastic containers and I bought bulgur wheat. I bought brown rice. I bought, you know, different kinds of rice, different kinds of grains, different kinds of dried beans. And I went through my cabinets. I cleaned out my cabinets and I built my cabinets to this diet. And I started to pre-prepare my cereals. So one of the hardest things, especially with being on the go, and sometimes like I get off of work, you know, here I am, I drove, you know, to Brooklyn for the interview, you know, and I'm not gonna get home till whenever I get home, I brought my lunchbox with me. So I, the hard thing is trying to prepare for when you're on the go. So I pre-prepared my dry bananas and stuff and all these little baggies. So if I'm on my way out the door, I could grab a baggie and I have snacks. I have something with me, you know, that I can eat. I ran into a big situation on Saturday that my kids were hungry and my five-year-old was sick. So we called the doctor and they said, can you be out here in an hour? It's a 45 minute drive. 
So we literally, I grabbed him and the 21 month old, we got in the car and we left. I didn't get a chance to eat breakfast and I didn't grab my snacks. Mm -hmm. I was starving. The kids were hungry. So I said, you know what? We got to go to Walmart. Let me hit up Applebee's, whatever, hit up a restaurant. So we hit up a restaurant and I'm asking on the menu. I'm looking on the menu. There was literally nothing for me to eat. I couldn't even like strip down some things to be able to eat it. So my kids sat there and ate. And I went till four o'clock without eating. So one of the, the biggest things that I learned is pre-preparing my cabinet so that I don't have to go shopping that much. And if I do, I only have to go once every couple of days and grab a cucumber, a pepper, a whatever. And, and I prepare in bulk. So I always prepare extra. Mm. So I'm not preparing for me. I'm preparing for three or four people so that I have three or four extra meals sitting in the fridge. So that if I do get busy, if I do get called into work, if I am on the go, if I am on the road, I could just grab a Tupperware out of the fridge, stick it in a lunchbox and bring it with me. And that's that's one of the reasons why I think I've been so successful this time around. And it's been so easy for me mm. is because I'm thinking ahead. I'm not thinking for today. I'm thinking for today, tomorrow and, you know, Friday. So I'm pre-preparing. When I make rice, I'm not making a little serving of rice for one meal. I'm making extra rice so I have it in the fridge. Then I could take, uh, you know, a soup, you know, like a, a diet-friendly soup, and I could pour that over the rice and I got a meal. You know, so I think that's one of the, the biggest things was making sure my cabinet was ready, preparing my snacks ahead of time, and making sure that I always have extra mm -hmm. so that I can always grab and go. I love it. Those are very smart systems that you've put into place that are working for you, especially when you're busy, you got young kids, uh, you're, you know, you're out and about. And uh, what are you doing when you're not at the firehouse? I'm usually at home taking care of my five-year-old after school. Yeah. My wife works or um, I'm drawing. <laughs> I'm, I'm also an artist as well. But like I said, I love to cook. So once every couple of days, I actually look forward to this because yeah. then I get to try new recipes. I get to yeah. try and cook and I get to pre-prepare all yeah. this. And yeah. then I guinea pig my family, Yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, I made lentil sloppy joes the other day and Delicious. my wife was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I was like, what like, kind of lentils did you use? Red lentils? I did a mix of uh, red and green. Uh -huh. So I mixed them both. Yeah. And then I did the pepper and onion and then um, the barbecue sauce and tomato sauce I made separate i didn't buy like the pre-canned stuff yeah which that that's another thing is like you know i become a ninja at reading labels yeah but you know price shopping a lot of things too you know you, if you buy sloppy joe sauce and you look at the ingredients and you look at the stuff on that and then you go and you buy the friendly barbecue sauce and tomato sauce and you add them together the sloppy joe sauce is not just more expensive but it's got more of everything, mm -hmm. the sodium and all that stuff in it. So I'm like starting to learn, save money. Cause one of the big things with people with this diet and yeah. one of the things I was nervous about is it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Right. No matter where you go, you spend, I went to the supermarket. I said, I don't need a whole bunch of kale. The person told me it's by the pound. Take what you need. Mm. You know, mm. you don't need to buy the whole wrapped bunch. Break a couple of leaves off if you want. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like there's, there's little things, you know, and you're not buying, you don't buy for a whole, a whole week either. You go every couple of days, you pick up a couple of things and you cook for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. You just always cook extra. So you always have extra. You're figuring it out. I mean, and when you, you are like totally kicking some major, major butt here. The best thing about this diet, at least the way I feel about it is I could eat as much of it as I want. Yeah. 
So I have now, because I am making my vegetables as the sides with the meal that the guys are making in the firehouse, and I have my pre-prepared, now I have a snack for four o'clock in the afternoon to carry me over until we eat dinner at eight, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just trying to stay ahead of everything. This is, I know that this works for me. I know how it's worked in the past and I know how I felt when I was on it. So this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it for my own reasons. I'm Rip Esselstyn and I want to thank you for listening. My hope is that this podcast has inspired you to take control of your health through a plan strong lifestyle. I also want to thank my co-creator of the podcast, Scott Battisill with 10% Media, Lori Kordowich, my producer extraordinaire and Engine 2 director of events, Tina Knoll and Large Media for podcast production and creative direction, and Brandon Curtis for never minding living in the barrel and everything in between. Thanks for Whole Foods Market for giving me a platform for the last decade. Special thanks to Joe Inga for your courage to take control and change your life and for allowing us to share your story along the way. And lastly, I want to thank my father and mother, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Kryle Esselstyn and all the Plant Strong pioneers who have been pushing this boulder uphill for more than three decades. As they say, we're standing on the shoulder of giants. If you're digging the podcast, I want you to rate us. I want you to review the show, and I want you to spread this message with friends and family. Um, We want to get this message out to as many people as possible. Join us on all of our social channels, either on Engine 2 or Rip Esselstyn, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or, or Twitter. Until next time, peace, Engine 2, and keep it plant strong.